Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, we're here for the post-game podcast. While Jerry Recco did work today and did do the warm-up show with me, he had something he had to do this afternoon. I think he just wanted to get out of there because he did five hours of radio co-hosting with Boomer. I am joined by Eddie Schizzeri. Hello, podcast people. And actually, I'm glad when uh, when uh, Jerry said, uh, would you mind doing the podcast with Eddie today? I said uh, I would not because I actually had on my list something that I'm not sure if uh, Jerry would have wanted to discuss. So I'm glad uh, you're here and you have some expertise. It is a dog question for okay. me or a dog discussion. So I got this a greyhound, as you know, and as they're a very slim dog. Yes. Like when I first got the dog and I would walk her around or I would post photos of her, people would yell at me to feed your dog. Feed your dog. Your dog's not eating. Your dog is starving because you could see her ribs, Mm -hmm. uh, the rib cage, which is quite normal in greyhounds. And uh, I knew over time that she would start to lose muscle mass and and the muscle turns to fat. So you just got to be careful with them. They're still a slim dog, but I'm looking at her the other day, and I'm like, this dog is getting a little chunky. Mm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, she's li- first of all, I see her struggling a little bit to get up out of her bed. I was like, I never saw her do that before. And I was like, is she getting chubby? And I realized, like, I do feed her, you know, I, I give her some stuff here and there, not thinking of the calorie intake for a dog. Right, but they have the same concerns as people do. Yeah, and uh, you do have a lot of chubby dogs, but I think in particular, this breed looks, you could tell when when they're putting on weight. Yeah, because of their body type. And you're right about the seeing of the ribs. Most, with most dogs, most breeds, that is a sign of being emaciated or underfed. Right. But not with greyhounds. Yeah, so I did a little research, and I posted on the Greyhound uh, forum on Facebook to get some feedback from people, and they said that you should still be able to see at least the last two ribs on a Greyhound at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I gave a rundown of what I was feeding the dog, and the, and they think I need to people think I need to cut back, and I probably do. 
Yep, yep. And uh, my uh, labs are notoriously chunky. Yes, I see that in a lot of labs, though. And uh, when we take our dogs out, because our dogs uh, came from the seeing eye, our labs, and one of their big requirements is to keep the weight off the dogs just because they can't really work if they're overweight, and then it leads to all sorts of problems, just like with people. Right. So uh, I had more than one person say, those are labs? And I, I didn't know they came in skinny. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, and of course, like people say, you know, the you look at the owner, look at the dog, and then it was just even more of a of a glaring difference because I'm uh, quite chubby, and the the dogs are not. So, but that's something that got ingrained in us from the seeing eye, and it does help with all the health problems. But yeah. what I could suggest uh, for you is like when it comes time for a treat, you know, Milk Bones sells these minis they right. are so tiny and they're like five calories it's like giving them like two pieces of kibble which you could also do as a treat but those um you know you just the dog doesn't really discern the difference between one little tiny thing and a big tiny thing especially labs because they just wolf down everything immediately yeah so if you use those tiny little treats to the dog in their head it's the same thing oh i get a treat blah 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 but for in reality, you're just giving them a tiny little bit, and that that helps a lot. Yeah, I think these are good tips for anybody's uh, with dogs uh, mm-hmm. because they a lot of them are overweight, and I didn't I didn't think of it that way, like what you're saying with the treats and things. Because I started when I was first getting the dog, I stocked up on some treats and I got all medium things for medium sized dogs. Right, and then once I got her and I was looking at the weight. Uh, I knew she was 60 pounds, and I was like, oh, she should be on large treats. So I got everything I got was for large dogs. Yeah. And then I would give her the whole, like yep. the milk bone for a large dog is huge. Yes, it is. The greenie for a large dog is huge. Yep. At a minimum, you snap it in half, probably in threes. Yeah, but the minis, you don't have to do that because sometimes they don't, they don't break nice. They get crumbs yeah. all over the place. Right. So the minis are perfect. Right, so but I'm here buying the large dog thing. Then the other thing I I like I could already tell where I know where I'm going wrong with the dog. So it's those things, the treats giant. I started giving her after her meal plain Greek yogurt for her farts. Mhm. Which has helped it, they have eliminated the farts. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing, but I'm giving like 3 for both meals, 3 heaping tablespoons. And how much are you walking the dog? We walk three to four miles a day. But not at a brisk pace. Not at a brisk pace. So maybe one of the walks is at a brisk pace. And, and you also have to consider her history. I mean, she was an athlete. Right. So, And she probably was eating a hell of a lot at that time for her to keep up her energy so she could right. perform. And now she doesn't have to do that anymore. Right. So, she's relaxing all day. Yes. Yeah, so she's not exercising like she was certainly yeah uh, not running around because unless you take her to a, a dog park with some good size you know uh there she's not getting the exercise that she once did now i don't know how greyhounds are with hiking you could try that with uh you, you ask your forum but um you know my i take my dogs hiking you know off leash and uh because you're going to kill yourself if you do any real trail with uh you know on leash yeah. so you know see if that's something that people do with their greyhounds and you can try that to uh hike with her and let her go off leash because when you hike with a dog they hike two to three times more 
a distance than you because they're constantly running up and back and off trail. Right. <laughs> you just have to make sure that you know she will come back to you. Yeah, I think uh, that would be tough with these dogs. They have that prey instinct where they would chase a squirrel or a rabbit or yes, but something else. you know, as long as they don't go too far afield, you know, yeah, that's okay. And I don't know if she would kill it if she caught it. Uh, I'm not sure about greyhounds. I know certain breeds. Yeah. If they catch it, that poor creature is dead because that's just what they do. Labs, not so much, although you know, not a hundred percent guarantee. But my new guy Raymond, uh, he would he would kill it if he if he got a hold of it. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know what she would do because I, I don't know either. She's more into chasing the squirrel. When the squirrel stops, she stops. Correct. Right, and that's uh, yeah that that. You know, that just could be what she was trained for. Like, she was chasing the fake rabbit. Right. When the rabbit goes away, she stops running. Yeah, that could be. Uh, then, I'm, But I'm also giving her, so I'm giving her that yogurt, which is probably too much. And again, like you said, if, I cut, if I'm still give her the yogurt, but cut it even in half or in a third, she still is thinking she's getting the yogurt. or Because she, she's still getting the yogurt. She doesn't thought the volume. Right, and you just have to find the correct amount that will still, you know, do it, do what you want it to do, which is eliminate, eliminate the farts. Eliminate farts. And then I started giving her, when, when I make my, my same meal every night for dinner of chicken, sweet potatoes, and, ca- and um, broccoli, I make her some sweet potatoes and broccoli. Now, there's nothing on. It's, they're steamed. There's nothing on them. But people were even telling me that the sweet potatoes themselves Correct. Put weight on the dog. Yep, they can. But like raw broccoli or, or yeah. cooked. But even, you know, you can, people do this as treats if your dog will accept it. Not all dogs will. Yeah. Labs, again, will eat anything, but just little, you know, those little baby carrots. Yes. One of those, you know, just, uh, and my dogs will eat them, of course. I don't know about Whimsy. Yeah. How, you know, quick she is to take anything offered to her and devour it. No, she's not very quick to do it. You see, my got my labs, boom, anything you put in your hand, going. Now my <laughs> my Raymond, my new guy, not a lab, not a pure lab, he will if it's something new that he doesn't know, he'll take it and go away with it and sort of investigate what it is. <laughs> and then the labs come a circling around him and then he'll finally eat it only because he doesn't want to lose it. Right. So Survival of the fittest. They'll take his <laughs> Depends on the dog. They'll take his item. Well, they're like, you know, he's not eating it. He's just licking it. What is he doing? Let's but go then, get it. But then here's where I start to feel bad, right? This puts a human thing on it. So the dog knows now that after I I eat my dinner, that her she gets her sweet potato and broccoli. Mm-hmm. So when she knows I'm done and I get up from the chair, so I, I, like I have a hard time breaking that habit of, the dog knows after her after her kibble she gets yogurt. The dog knows after I eat my dinner she gets sweet potatoes and broccoli. Yeah, but you could just change it up, like you know, just and you can do it slowly. So give her, you know, broccoli and you know mostly sweet potatoes, but some baby carrots. You know, the right. raw ones, and then just sort of gradually wean her off the potatoes and into the full baby carrots. Or, um, you know, again we as dog owners we tend to anthropomorphize a lot uh you could just say you know she's a dog she's gonna get what i give her right so but it's hard to do uh, as a dog owner myself right you you think they think like us and while they have been with humans for oh thirty thousand years at least as partners you know they're still 
not the same brain. Right. Uh, and then one other thing I wanted to get to on the podcast, we brought up, I don't I don't know how it seems like two days ago, but it was just earlier in the Boomer and Geo show, which was uh, chat lines, because uh, we our friend Chris Carlin is joining um, Cameo, and he's also, you can pay to chat with him, and we talked about chat lines and how that always meant sex talk. Yes. And there used to be commercials for uh, chat lines and that sort of thing. But one of the other things that I was reminded of, and, and this used to run all the time when I would get to FAN, it would be on whatever channel was on the overnight. It would run as an infomercial was the Girls Gone Wild tapes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those commercials that would run. My goodness. If that didn't get you to purchase Girls Gone Wild, I mean, there was some crazy things in the, in the commercial. Yeah, it was, yeah, was kind of over the top. Over the top, I guess, because they knew it was running in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And they would censor the body parts, but there was real college girls showering together. Yep. Yeah, it was uh, quite insane. It was quite a thing. But I heard that with the, the, I actually did never, I never purchased a Girls Gone Wild. I did see one, but I had heard the way they would get you with the Girls Gone Wild is that when you would call to order a tape, which I think was $9.99, they would put you into a, where they would send you one like every week. And all of a sudden, you're getting a $40 bill every month and not easy to get out of. Like the whole uh, Columbia Records, you know. <laughs> yeah. 13, uh, 13 records for a penny. Yeah. But this, I imagine, it's harder to... I, I would always think like something like that, it's harder to argue. You know, it's harder for you to make the call to your credit card company and say... Right. Girls Gone Wild tapes, <laughs> yes. or to tell your wife or girlfriend, listen, I, what am I supposed to do here? The Girls Gone Wild, they just keep sending me yeah, tapes. They just, yeah, they do. Well, what is going on? <laughs> it, it, I don't know how they got my address. It's like you have an affair. She will not leave me alone. Yeah, I don't, you, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, you can't. You can't. That's a tough one. You can't do that. But uh, I don't know if they still run those commercials in the middle of the night. I have or not girls, seen them in a long time. If Girls Gone Wild is still a thing. Yeah, I. you know, I don't know. In this day and age, perhaps, you know, I, I don't know. I guess we don't even need Girls Gone Wild. Uh, all social media, Instagram, TikTok, Yeah, that's Snapchat. pretty uh, society gone wild. We've so, society gone wild. Yeah, who needs, who <laughs> needs, the, uh, who needs the tapes? It's just yeah. look anywhere on social media. Right, and there you go. Mm-hmm. free That's now it's it. free all right eddie as you know i've got to take this dog out for exercise yes she's it's very a, fat. yes it's time she's very fat actually I'm, she's gonna be she's getting groomed on friday and they have a scale there so i'm gonna weigh her they say that these uh greyhounds should weigh no more than five pounds what their running weight is and she ran at at 60 pounds so if she's heavier than sixty five, we we're going on a hardcore diet. And do you? Uh, so that's what she was when you adopted her, yes? yeah. And yeah, she probably lost a little weight initially with the change and everything. Maybe. And then has so yeah, I'd be curious. So you have not weighed her since the first no. visit. Uh, I've not weighed her since I got her. I've never weighed her, but when I got her, they told me she was sixty pounds. All right now, does she take to be being uh, picked up? Can you pick her up? And uh, I don't think so. Okay. She's also thick. I gotta tell you right now. She's got well. They they're big barrel chested dogs, right? But you've never tried. Like I, I don't mean no. like. Could you do it? Like would she tolerate it? I don't think so. Gina tried to hug her, pick her up the one day, and she uh-huh. yelped at her. Okay, she was y- not interested. Yeah, some dogs don't. I, mean, I can pick mine up, yeah. and that's that's a way to do it. Although it's difficult, you usually need someone else with you to actually look at the scale because it's 
hard to see over the dog, right. but you weigh yourself and pick up the dog. And get but yes. it's much easier to let the vet do it. Yeah, this uh, this place has a. They told me they have a scale the dogs walk on. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'd be curious what she weighs. But I did I did go back and look at the pictures of the first day I got her. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, she's super thin. And then it's uh, but you can you know you you can increase the pace of the walk. I know you're saying oh she likes to do this. She likes like, to smell stuff. Right. So but I feel it mentally stimulates it, it. It sure sure it does. But she's also has you trained now. Right. Which is what they do. So but you can. You know, pick up the pace. You know, let's you know keep a brisk pace for the first you know mile and a half, and then take a break where she likes to sniff. Right. Or find a place where she likes to sniff. Let her do that, and then continue with the brisk pace. Okay, that's it, the right thing to do. You're it, right. It can be done. I know because I. That's what we do. Because that yes, because that was the other thing when I first got her, we would do very brisk paced walks, mm-hmm. and now uh, she didn't care to smell anything. And now right. she's nonstop. Right, because smell. she has trained you. She's trained me to think that it mentally stimulates her. My guilt of having her in the house a lot. Yes. Boom. And dogs are so good with the facial expressions. That's yeah. unique amongst uh, animals. Well, not like primates. Chimps and stuff do it too. But they can mimic and talk to us with their facial expressions. And right. We think it's sort of, but it's really, honestly, it's, it's manipulation. They're min- this dog's manipulating me. Yeah, except for the fear and the anger, you know, those are real. Pay, att- pay attention right. to those. All right. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm going to train her today, Eddie. That's right. <laughs> she will no longer manipulate me. Mm-hmm. I shall do, if there's going to be manipulation done, I shall do the manipulating. You are the human. I am the human. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the pep talk. All right. Warm-up show with uh, Jerry Racco is next. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow with another fine broadcast. So, so, so. Good morning, campers. It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. No longer the shortest show on WFAN. Now it's a tie. All right, short split show for you as I'm here in New York City with the Eddie Scazzeri. And, of course, down the Jersey Shore is Albert Hainsworth Dukes. We say good morning on a Tuesday to Al. What's up, dude? Good morning, Jerry. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm all right. I'm so here. So you're in studio today. You're filling in for Boomer Esiason, who's on a vacation the rest of the week. Something like that, yes. Y- you will be in studio. Gio will be in his home. I'm in my home. Eddie's in the studio. Bob Dwyer will be in his home. Right. We're all set up. I wonder when we see Bob again. Yeah. If he has gained weight, lost weight, clean shaven, or added a tattoo. Oh, interesting. Well, yes. I'm going to say uh, tough, tougher to get a tattoo uh, during the pandemic, Not although right now, now I, I, think. I think it's okay. Yeah, but I think that's one of the things you would have done early on in a pandemic. True. Well, he could have been jonesing for one, too. I'm going to say he's got uh, much more facial hair. A lot of guys are doing that look. Right. Just out of, not for a look, but out of just not wanting to shave. Right. Uh, so that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with a little more hairy than we last saw him. A little hairier. I'm going to go yeah. with a tattoo on his ankle. Oh, that's a that's where <laughs> girls get tattoos, Jerry. I'm you know kidding. that. I'm just joking. That's a chick tattoo. How about on his calf? No, still a girl. Mm, Unless you do some. the Iron Man. The I people guess. that do the Iron Man cut that competition, they get the Iron Man tattoo and they put it on their um, that calf area. The sometimes. Iron Man is that's the one where you have to like bike a hundred miles and run oh, for like thirty, right? And that that's the crazy stupid. one. Yeah, it's like it's a full marathon. It's uh, whatever with the bike and a crazy amount. And of the swimming. swimming is nuts. Yeah, that's five miles. 
five miles. <laughs> it's insane. That no you one, no, your human body shouldn't be doing. And that. yet people do it. They do it. Speaking of which, Jerry, uh, the muscles and athletes, and I uh, got suckered in for more of my DNA testing. Well, you really got nothing going on, do you? No, no, no. It's 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 easy to get suckered into this. So I did the DNA testing. But why? Let then, me can I, real yeah. quick because I, I don't know where you're going mm-hmm, with this, but I'm mm-hmm, just curious. Mm-hmm. We yes. talked on the podcast yesterday about so many things that were inaccurate about it. Why would you get suckered into more? Like what? What was inaccurate? Well, that you would had uh, that you would have hair. Uh, well, statistically speaking, I right. beat the statistics and I don't have hair, unfortunately. But statistically, it said you should. It should, right, based on my genetics. But now, you're there are bald. other. Right, there are other things that go in genetics is only part of our lives, you know what I mean? I would think getting the baldness right is a pretty good one, though, no? Maybe I get stressed out and baldness falls out of me. Okay. But it, uh, I got suckered into buying the health report, which is then what they do. This is interesting. They do check your DNA to see if you're a carrier for certain diseases. See, that I'm interested in. Yeah, that was interesting. So I am more likely... I am a, I, I am a genetically more likely to get diabetes. Really? Too. Yeah. Even genetically. Though, but but weird. my diet right. can combat that. Which I but think it genetically, probably has. Genetically. So if you kept along the path of eating like a slob, you yeah. probably would have been along the lines of that, but you've done a nice job of not doing that over the last 15 right, years. Right, I could have got the diabetes. Yeah. Then there this was an interesting one. Your genetic muscle composition is common in elite power athletes. And one that has hair. Just saying. I've got the muscle composition of an elite power athlete. With hair. Perhaps with hair. You don't have hair, and you're not an elite athlete. (laughs) (laughs) That said, I've always said, oh, this is going to sound awful. (laughs) Please, I'm going to be quiet. Go ahead. So Eddie could grab this. I've always said, (laughs) <laughs> damn eddie i swear to god you can't be off you have a good body thank you jerry so i'm not crazy surprised by that but again you're supposed to have hair right so take it with a grain of salt but i'm not terribly surprised by that power athletes right so are you going to start powerlifting with those twig legs of yours <laughs> i might start doing some squats <laughs> with your with your bar <laughs> that's right i wonder if you can do squats with bands uh, yes, I have seen people do squats with the bands. Of course, because that's the same as putting 400 pounds on a bar. Yes, exactly, Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, we had a wild uh, baseball day yesterday and last night. We did. Uh, uh, something wild. that I Why wild? Well, uh, something interesting that I saw. All right. And maybe it's because I was busy analyzing my own DNA data, so I was analyzing like I was Elias Sportsbook or Sports, sports whatever Bureau. they are. Sports Bureau. Uh, more than usual amount of dudes hitting two home runs in a game. Okay. Robbie Just Cano. Robbie Cano, Pete, Pete Alonso for the Mets. Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt. Yep. You had Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, he's a monster, dude. By the way, that was a problem in last night's game. Fernando yeah, because Tatis guys are just a bunch Jr. of biatches. So he's on the Padres. Yes. They were playing the Texas Rangers. In Texas. Not that In that Texas. Matters, they were up, the Padres were up by seven runs. Yes, in the eighth inning. In the eighth inning, uh, Fernando Tatis had a 3-0 count, and evidently he was given the take sign, mm-hmm. and he swung away and hit a grand slam. Yeah. His second home run of the game. Good for now, him. Now, he is competing with Mike Trout for the home run title. He's also a professional. Right. And so is the pitcher, a professional. So the Rangers 
thought that was an unwritten baseball rule that he shouldn't have been swinging. And the Padres manager, who's from Texas, also felt like he was disrespecting the Rangers in his homecoming to Texas. Uh, the, The whole thing, to me, is ridiculous. We're talking about professional baseball players. Right. Deal with it. Honestly. I mean, the whole right. thing, it's ridiculous. And it's a seven-run game. It's not a 17-run game. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know what's so funny about this is the other day, and, you know, my son plays 16U baseball, and we were losing by, like, nine runs or something on Sunday. And the one guy, the kid steals. And my assistant coach goes to me, goes, that's not right. I'm like, why? I'm like, we didn't hold him on. Right. I'm like, steal the base. Like, play the game. I don't know. That stuff, that stuff annoys me. And then the stupid pitcher throws behind um, Machado. Like, yeah, right after that. It's like, come on. How about this? Do better. Yeah, don't suck. Oh, it's re- it's too much. All this stuff is stupid. It really is. Yeah, I don't like like when, when teams are expected to let off the gas. Then all of the individual records that we have are kind of a little thrown off because let's say Fernando Tatis, they're up by seven. He's not going to swing for a home run. It's at the end of the year when you go, oh, he only had 30 home runs. Well, how many times is he in a situation where he had wasn't to Wasn't trying. Up? Yeah, wasn't trying. Same yeah. with, like, uh, quarterbacks in throwing, right? So if if Patrick Mahomes is up by 30 points in the third quarter, he's probably not going to be throwing like a maniac in probably the fourth not. quarter. He's already done his job. They've won the game. Yeah, right. But if he did, his stats would really be high. Higher, yes. Higher. Yes, that mm-hmm. is true. You're right. Yeah, I'm in more of an individual, Jerry. I would go for my I own individual that. records. You're kidding, really? <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, I didn't look to see if there were other games where guys hit two home runs, but just seeing Cano, Alonzo, Voigt, Fernando Tatis Jr., I'm going to ask a real stupid question here, Jerry. There was a player on the Mets a few years ago named Fernando Tatis. Is this his son? Yeah. How's that possible? I was just watching Fernando Tatis play. Well, here's how it's possible. So the kid from the Nationals, um, I'll I'll confirm this, but the kid from the Nationals is the first – what the hell is his name? Um, I can't think of his name. He's the second baseman for the Nationals. He is the first player to hit hit a home run that's been born in the year 2000. I'm gonna. I just googled. Now National. that sounds funny, but is the, it Wilmer Francisco Defo? No, it's not Wilmer Defo. No. Mm-mm. Depth chart. Mitch Luis. I can't think of his last name. Hold on, Jerry. I'm checking the depth chart. Please hold. Bullpen <laughs> catcher, first base, second base. Uh, Luis Garcia. That's him. He had a home run to right field. Oh yeah, he's born in he was two thousand May sixteenth. Yes, two thousand. Think about that. If I were to do the math correctly, that makes him twenty. He's years twenty. Old. He's the. I think he's the youngest. I think he's the youngest player in baseball. He's very close to the youngest player in baseball right now. There's a bunch of young stars, so he might not be. But he's the youngest player at home run. When Luis Garcia was born, Eddie was a veteran <laughs> at WFAN, and you know he what? was already a veteran. And I would have been looking for my second contract. I was there three years already. <laughs> or here three years already. Think about that. Unbelievable. Yeah. He was a little baby, Jerry. He couldn't talk. He was eating mushed carrot baby food. Yeah. And now he's hitting home runs. It's amazing. It really is. And it, not that it makes you feel old, but it kind of does in a way. You know? It's yeah, like, yeah. it's, I always talk about, as I am continue to do the Rutgers stuff, it was Columbia for a while. And every year, it's like, you look at, 
the new freshmen or the sophomores. You look at the date of birth. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like we are really getting old. Or you see like on uh, – you probably see this when you uh, pick up your son from school, like the backs of the – Oh, the graduation um, varsity jackets. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm seeing 2023, 2020, right? I guess 2024. Yeah. Would, be, would that be the new one? Right, whatever. Maybe 23 is the, the new ones right now. Yeah, it's crazy. You old, Jerry. Well, you're older than me. Oh. Right? Right. Yes. So. Here's another unique thing that happened in baseball yesterday. It was a bit of a magical day on the diamond. The Seeger brothers. Kyle and Corey. Kyle Mariners and Corey. Mariners and Dodgers. Became the first brothers to Homer on in the same game on opposite teams. Okay. In over twenty years. Now All right, so let me guess. All right, so I'm gonna try and guess. Okay, well, first of all, let me just tell you the first article I read did not tell me who the last two people were. How about the Boone brothers? The it was Cora, not the Boone brothers. The Cora brothers. It was not the Cora brothers. Hmm. These were I will tell you this. You know my baseball knowledge is quite extensive. Right. I never heard of these guys. Really? Yeah. Never heard of the guys who did it on June 7th, 2001. Brothers on opposite sides of the field, each hitting a home run in the game. See, well, you, what a magical what a magical night for baseball last night. But here's the thing. We're going back years and years when you back, actually back, back, watched back, back, baseball. 2001, I was checked out from baseball. Oh, were you really? Yeah. I was oh, still right, upset so who, about the strike. Who was it? Who was it? It was uh, the Crespo brothers. Caesar and Felipe did it for the Padres and Giants. Crespo? Yep. Yeah, I don't I yeah, that doesn't ring a bell for me either. How about this one, Jerry? The last pair of brothers to Homer as teammates in a game. Would be. The Upton brothers, Justin oh, okay. and BJ. You know, I don't yeah. How about that? But yeah, but the first <laughs> one was going back twenty years. Back, 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 back. Right. Exactly. That's yeah, really interesting. Twenty years. How about that? How about that? A magical night in base. Anybody now, throw a no-hitter or a perfect game? No. That would have been really a, a magical night. Now, if people were still going back to the office and hanging around the water cooler, there's a couple of topics you could have hit them with. Did you know the two brothers homered on opposite sides? Did you know there were multiple guys hitting two home runs last night? I suppose. I don't know who cares. Did you know that second baseman for the Nationals is only 20? Was, was born in the year 2020. No, he was born in 2000, you dope. <laughs> this is 2020. That would have been amazing. That would have been if something. If a baby would have homered last night. <laughs> then would you have said a magical night of baseball? Yes, that would have been a magical night If a night baby would have homered? Yes, I would say so, oh. 100%. And not for nothing, magical night, since we already mentioned his name. Yeah. You see what Ro- – I know it's only a small sample size. Yeah. Robinson Cano is batting like 415. And Love he's it. got a slugging percentage in the 700s. That home, the, the first home run was a line drive, which was awesome. That second one was majestic. Yeah, they made the announcers made the first one seem like you know the Marlins did move in the wall. 12 it was feet. a line drive though, right? And he still hit it four hundred and fifteen feet. Now, I thought I, ah, I love I love I actually like watching him when he's on. He is he's really something when he's on. He's, he's got a sweet swing. Jerry. He does. He's got like the the second home run, and I'd love to do a side by side. If anybody out there is listening that can do that, I can't. Um, I would love to see a side by side of right. a Ken Griffey Jr. home run to right, where like he knew it's a home run. And the Cano swing last night where he knew it was a home run because it was the same swing, swing, and then just let the, the, the bat drop as you yeah. start walking into your trot to first. Awesome. You know who else does that? Aaron Hicks. Yes. When he drills a ball, very smooth. Hicks hits cool. it to the sticks as he did last night. Yeah. Hicks, did it, was his the one that went off the, the facing of the second yes. deck last night? Yeah. There's another one. 
I tell you, no cheapies either. A lot of these home runs, man, they are mashed. Yeah. And it's weird, too. And I've said this, and I'll say it again about these cardboard cutouts. I love them because it trains your eyes to almost feel like there are fans there. Watching the Met Marlin game last night. No cardboard cutouts? You watched a lot of it, huh? (laughs) Jerry, I watch winners now. I'm on to the Yankees. (laughs) Well, the Mets won last night. No, no no uh, cardboard cutouts. Silent and quiet. Like, that's got to be just... I know as we watch and listen, it sounds a little bit better than it probably is for the players. But I do think in certain stadiums, they are. I think they are playing that that sound of the crowd underneath. Yeah. It and I could be wrong. It did not sound like the Marlins had any money in the budget for any audio, and they yeah. certainly have no fans to raise money for cardboard cutouts. I have felt that way. Like some of the teams are putting no, some of the stadiums and teams are putting no effort into faking it for us. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. And I love I love the fake fans. I love the fake crowd noise. Well, but that's more I the TV network, right? I mean, that's that's oh, more that, right? But very interesting, though. So it was you know, not the most exciting watch, but the Mets do win. Yankees win yet again as they dominate the Red Sox. First if, break of the if, hour. If you're just joining us, a baby hit a home run last night. He's 20. Someone who was born in 2020. Not really. 2000. Al misspoke. His mistake, he apologizes. Uh, quick break. Back on the other side with more magic from baseball or maybe basketball or something else. I don't know. And then Boomer and Geo at 6 on the fan. Alan Jerry now offering contact-free delivery. Hi, little Brian Adams for you on a Tuesday morning, 526, the warm-up show until 6 o'clock. Interesting, driving in, I heard one of those songs, Al, that, you know, whatever you call them, one-hit wonders or whatever, that never seems to go away, and it's one of those songs that I can, I don't know why I can listen to it anytime I hear it. You know Duncan Sheik? Yeah. What's the name? I forget the name of the song. I am barely Yes, barely. I don't know why when that song comes on, and I've heard it a million times, it's one that I just don't, and I don't think he ever did anything else, or they, I don't know if it's him or a band. I don't think they ever had another hit, but that's one that for some reason, don't change the channel. Kind of like. Do you know Duncan Sheik hit a home run last night? That's how crazy baseball was. Was he born in 2000? Uh, no, actually, I just Googled Duncan Sheik. He was born in Montclair, New Jersey. He's no kidding. He's 50 years old. He's 50? Yeah, what are you supposed to you guys should go right out for a, You guys should go out for a uh, sleeping. You guys should go out for a beer. <laughs> Me and Duncan Sheik? Yes, why not? Duncan, when you wrote "You Are Barely Breathing," what did that mean exactly? Was that a analogy for love? <laughs> Most all. Now, do you think he wrote it? That would be, that's my biggest yeah, question. Yeah, I do think he wrote it. Now, where's the cutoff between the artists that write and the artists that just uh, read and record? I would say the majority of them write their own. I think country music has a lot more hit writers. Okay. Uh, like where in Nashville where they- About uh, breakups and yeah, alcohol Yeah, where they pump out a and... bunch of uh, catchy songs about yeah. drinking and breaking up that is and that a, sort of thing. But that I think, is quite I think a the lot topic of, with country music. Like Duncan Sheik is a singer-songwriter, so that guy's writing about his own feelings, Jerry. Speaking about musicians, I did not realize as I caught Back to the Future 3 the other day. Now, like, like Duncan Sheik- yeah. When I see, and I can't turn that song off for some reason, I like it. It's all like the, the No Rain from Blind Melon from the Stern show movie. Um, I caught parts. Ba- yeah. I caught uh, the end, well, probably the middle part to the end of Back to the Future 3, which I've seen 600 times. I never put two and two together that the kid in the truck at the end of the movie is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. How about that? He's in the, uh, Back to the Future? Yeah. Part 3? I think he's Needles. What? 
Was he check that out? Make sure I'm right about that. Well, I got a lot of Googling today. I'm Googling the life of Duncan. I Sheet. would Google it, except the Internet's I'm not really Googling working right now. Flea. I f- I'm almost certain that's him All right. in the truck at the end of Back to the Future 3. All right. Well, someone tweets him, Jimmy and Jerry. I'd like to see a screen. You're not Googling it for me? Eddie, can you Google that for me, please? I would, except this computer's not working. You know Evan Roberts was in the backseat of uh, the yes. private parts movie? Yes. That's his claim to fame, and that one yeah. he frolicked on the mountain. Yeah. Why do you think he stopped acting? Jerry, sometimes life gets in the way. He got married, had a he ch- was child. <laughs> like what life? He got married when he was 30. <laughs> so you're asking between 9 and 30 where the acting went? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think the, the rigors of everyday broadcasting. Like he was in private acting. parts. He was. He frolicked in another movie. Yeah. Why give up on it? I don't know. He could have done commercials. Right. Especially after private parts. That was a big hit movie. It was. Yeah. Hmm. Jerry, uh, what's going on? What's the deal? What's going on? What's going the on? The four non-blondes once sung about that. <laughs> With the uh, Mets and ownership. I'm now reading Nothing's that the, the Wilpons want to keep a piece of the team. So I heard one report that said that that was always a part of the deal. Is that, that the right? Wilpons want to keep 5% of the team and be minority owners just because they the Mets have been part of their lives for so long. Um, to so me, it's an old report. It's a non, to you. Yeah, it's a, it's, it means nothing. It doesn't then mean I, anything. Then I read an article in the New York Post that was titled something like, Jeff Wilpon hates Steve Cohen. I could see that. I don't know them too, but I could see that. And that's why he wants A-Rod to buy the team or to jack up the price so that if Cohen does buy the team- I believe that. He's got to pay big bucks. 100% I believe that, which is why any thought that anyone's a front runner right now is not true because it depends on- how deep are Steve Cohen's pockets, which you know are 14 or $15 billion. But what I mean by that is how much is he willing to go? Now, it was funny. One of the articles I read yesterday said if the A-Rod Jennifer Lopez group, let's say, puts in a bit of $2.1 billion, that Cohen might have to put in 2.5. I could see him doing that. And that would be an extra, right? So if I do the math right, that would mean the Wilpons would end up with an extra $400 million. I like when rich guys fight. Yeah. Over cash. I think it depends on how bad Cohen wants the team because he's supposedly a diehard Met fan and what his number is. And I think the Wilpons, if they don't like him, which clearly there's some issue there if you go back to the original deal they had and why it broke up, um, I think that, there's every chance that he will still be the owner of the team, and I think it's very possible that A-Rod still gets the team with his group. All right. So that's some Met ownership news. Here's what I think. From everything I've read, if the offers are close, they're taking the A-Rod-Jennifer Lopez right. deal. It's like when you sell your house and the offers are close. You want to give it to the family that most you most connect with. They're young. They want to live here forever. They want to grow a family. So you know what's home. funny about that? When we first bought our house down the down in Brick, and by the way, it was fleeing Back to the Future. Thank you, Eddie. Wow. Um, when we wow. first bought our house down the, down in Brick back in, oh boy, I guess it was 2001 we moved down there. So we went to look at a house that was on the market, and when we got there, we were met by our realtor and then the the seller's realtor. And she goes, you know, I'm sorry you drove all the way down here, but we do have a deal. They just called it in about two hours ago, and, and we accepted. But you're more than free to look at the house in case another one in the development, at least you are familiar with the layout of the home. Okay, great. You know what? We'll go through it fine. 
So as we're going through the house, we're going through the master bedroom and you know, my wife loved the house and the owner was there. He was getting divorced. Um, I think he was getting the kids. I forget, but he, nice guy. And my wife just said, oh, it's a shame that you have a deal. We really like the house. And he goes, yeah, no, we have a deal. He goes, but you give me like an extra thousand dollars at yours. <laughs> so I, I said, what? And so I turned to my realtor. He goes, well, if you want to offer an extra thousand dollars, I said, I'll do you better. How about an extra two grand? He goes, deal. <laughs> so we go outside and we tell his realtor that we just struck a deal with him. She goes, no, 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 no. We didn't do it. He comes out there. I like them. They get the house. <laughs> Right, that's what happens. People like somebody more than somebody else, even though the money is the same. Yeah. That's what's going to go on with these Wilpons. It might. It might. And so, yes, you might end up with A-Rod and Jennifer Lopez as the owners. Then Part, uh, part owners. It's not really even right. you know, full ownership. They got a lot of money behind them. They're the faces, though. Uh, yes, we, he will be we, the face. We could say every day that A-Rod is the A-Rod and J-Lo are the owners of the as Mets. Probably as much actually I was going to say as much as Jeter is with the Marlins but in this right. case more because they're putting in a quarter of a billion dollars themselves. Hmm. I don't think Derek Jeter put in 250 no. million dollars, did he? No, he didn't. So, as far as I know. Yeah, I, you know, you're not really sure are you? A former Met Jerry <laughs> Ali Perez. Remember I cannot him? believe he's still pitching. Me neither. Ali P, Ali P. <laughs> he's now on the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, lefty not only specialist. is he still pitching, Jerry, but he's got clout he's on the Indians. Yeah, he has threatened. Imagine Ali P threatening you. He has threatened to opt out of the season if the Indians bring back Zach Plesac and Mike Clevenger. It's Ali P now. Dun, 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 dun. It's Ali P now. <laughs> Was that just the hook song? Yeah. The, no, I think I, I think Eddie just used to grab the hooks afterwards. And I was like, why am I doing full songs? Right. Uh, so he's threatened to opt out of the season if the Indians bring those uh, two fellows back who broke COVID-19 protocol. Very and interesting. he's not the only one, but he's, I guess, the voice. Let's get Mike Chernoff on to discuss. Put his name on it. Put your name on it. Yeah. I love it. That not only Ali P is still pitching – but it's got enough clout. Like when he was with the Mets, they'd be like, listen, Ali P's going to opt out if you bring these guys back. We'd See ya. Like, bring them back. Bring them back immediately. <laughs> Get them out. <laughs> He's got to be. Hand. Now, if the kid on the Nationals is 20, Oliver Perez has to be in his late 30s, doesn't he? Ali P? I feel like we've been talking about him if you go back to the early Boomer and Carton days, right? I right. mean, it's now 2020. Ali P is 39 years of yeah. age. Okay. Six. He's six foot three. I don't know how everybody else feels, but I do know in terms of who said what, it does seem like that that entire Indians roster was really ticked at these two guys. Yeah, they do not like these guys. No. And, you know, the shame of it is they're really good. But I don't know. That's something they got to decide amongst themselves inside that clubhouse. That would be like, you know, one of us. Honestly, because I don't know what conditions any of those guys in the Indians have, but that would be like one of us doing that and then hugging Eddie and licking him and, you know, being all over him. Right. You know, when you, Eddie, like, yep. when you look at the proximity of a clubhouse right. and how close you are to, at least here with Eddie, he's in another room. We're not really getting near one another. You're not in licking distance. Boy, in a clubhouse and in a dugout and they're not wearing masks. That's not, that's not a good scene. So a uh, quick break, 536. Right. We have more to do. G joins us at six. 
It's the warm-up show on The Fan. Alan Jerry, now offering curbside delivery. Look at you right there with the Dunkin' Shake. Rock it out, Jerry. So it is 542. A little barely breathing here as we were discussing the song a couple of minutes ago. I do have a hello for you, Al, which I don't usually do. But in this case, I'm going to do it because you guys have a little tie-in together. Oh. And that's uh, Mr. Lou Sprizza is a big Al Dukes fan. Likes the warm-up show, but more more importantly, he is also a greyhound owner. Is that right? He's got a 10-year-old greyhound and says, you made a fantastic choice. Great oh. breed of dog. You are going to enjoy the next 10 years with your lovely whimsy. Lou Sprizza says this? And that's correct. Grew up with Lou. Good dude. Oh, good. Maybe uh, if I you know need to take a vacation or something, I could drop whimsy off at Lou Sprizza's house. <laughs> I got news for you. He probably would do He's that for you. He's used to taking care of a greyhound. He probably would do that for you. All right. Well, He's a uh, good guy. Nice to meet Lou Sprizza via the radio. You know, what's the, you know what's the funniest question I've gotten? And last night at the Cornhole League we had until we got completely bombarded with rain uh, at 8 o'clock. Here's, here's what... I get most of the time from people. No, right? Is he really that weird? <laughs> and your answer is usually <laughs> hell yeah, he just is. Shtick. He go, no, it's oh. not shtick. I said no, no. What you hear, that's Al. And what I think people like that. Is what you get. Yeah, I mean, you are what you are, I and mean, we're not making things up just to do a radio show. Like that's him. You all are these, who we thought you were. All these oddities of his life. Yeah, that's him. And we let him off the hook. But I, I, I find it funny that even now people are still asking me that question. They're not sure. Uh, I don't think they're, no, I don't think they're sure. If I you think were they wonder me, if it's an act. If you were to meet me in person, you would know it is all real, unfortunately. I say, yes, I say, I would say this, good guy, when he doesn't know you, though, a little awkward. And standoffish. Yes, but that's okay. that's what I mean by that. Right. Like, he's not going to dive into your life. No. He's expecting you to... Ask you a lot of questions yes, about his life. Please ask about me. <laughs> he wants to talk about him. Yes. It's and enough about are, you. They seem good about that. Okay, good. Nice. <laughs> Jerry Tiger Woods has an 11 year old boy. His name guess, is, he can, and he can golf. His name is Charlie. Yeah. He's only 11. He's dominated a, low, uh, a recent junior golf event, shot three under 33. A three under 33. Well, for nine holes. Nine yeah, holes. No, I get it. And he won by five. I'm sure he did. My question to you is this, Jerry, an 11-year-old. Is there any golfer at WFAN that could beat an 11-year-old? No. Charlie Woods? Charlie Woods. Uh, no, not even Boomer. Wow, that would be so awesome to so. watch Boomer lose to an 11-year-old. Because I've played. I don't care, it's Charlie Boomer's Woods. a good golfer. He really is. But I don't think I've ever seen him shoot three or four under for nine. I've, hmm. shoot, I've seen Boomer right around par. But you're talking three or four shots under par? I don't know about that. Because to beat him, he'd have to go four under and put up a 32. Uh, now, my only question to you would be, what's the length of golf course he's playing? Now, he's 11. He's Tiger Woods' kid. I would think it's probably a legit course. But if it's a junior course, well, then that's different. Because Boomer, can he can hit the ball. I mean, he can hit the ball 290, 300 yards. Now, what's Imagine, Charlie Woods hitting? Imagine if you're an 11-year-old golfer and... You're like, oh, I'm getting into tournaments. And then Tiger Woods' kid is in every one of these tournaments yeah, good luck. beating you every time. Yeah. That's got to be cool, though, at the same time. There's a couple sports that it, it's not embarrassing to lose to children. No, it is. Golf is no, one. No, it is. Tennis it is, is another one. No, it is. Those Wrong. Like, like the, the Williams it's sisters. It's more embarrassing because it's individual. Yeah, but there's certain... Ow. It's embarrassing. <laughs> 
Let, let me a quick story. And I've told you this <laughs> long time ago. I go back to it's got to be 2008 or nine, And I go on a golf trip with my dad and my brother. We were doing it every year at the time. We play at a place at Disney or right in Orlando, actually, uh, Orange Lake Country Club. So me and my dad and my brother, we play in the morning, and I want to go out and play again in the afternoon, but they were done. So I go out by myself. I get paired up with a guy and his kid. And I'm like, oh, I got to play with a kid. You got to be kidding me. And then it gets worse when we get to the first tee. The dad's like, oh, I don't play. I'm here for him. I'm like, you got to be joking. He goes, don't worry. He can handle himself. Okay, fine. So I get up on the tee, right down the fairway, 240 yards. Nothing great, but solid, all good. He gets up. I'm like, wow, you're going to play from the white tees? His dad goes, no, actually, he's going to play from the tees behind you. I said, behind me, hit the ball 270, 280, blew the ball right by me. That kid wound up shooting, and I have the scorecard somewhere. I have to find it because I knew he was going to be good because he was playing on like a junior circuit, which I found out as I played the nine holes with him. He shot 35 or 36 for the nine right around par. I put up a 47, and I was as embarrassed as ever. The kid's name is Sam Horsfield, who was leading the PGA tournament a few weeks ago. After, is that right? after 36 holes. Yeah. I've actually, I Google his name once in a while to see where he is. And I, I kind of followed him for a while as he went on the European tour. And he has played some events here in the U.S. He played in the U.S. Open, I think, last year. I played nine holes with that kid when he was 10 years old and he kicked my butt. Right. And that's not embarrassing. It was embarrassing because I didn't know he was going to go on to be a pro. It's still a, when you're 35 and a 10 year old is whooping your ass on the golf course, it's embarrassing. It's like if you lost to a, a child, uh, the Williams sisters, and they were children. They were so dominant in their sport, even as children, that it's not embarrassing to lose But to there's got to be something inside you that feels like, why can't I do it like them, especially with all the years of experience? And I don't know. Like I have a friend of mine's daughter. She is 13, and she plays tennis. And I'm promising her that I'm going to get out there with her because I used to play a lot. Not that I'm any good, but I could at least hit the ball. But I'm worried that I'm going to get out there and she's going to kill me. Oh, she will smoke you. She like that. probably will because I think she's going to play in high school. But I am going to I am going to go out there and do it in the next few weeks. I'll let you know how it goes. Probably not well. Could Joe Beningo be Tiger Woods' son in golf? No. Hmm. Are you out of your mind? So Boomer is the best shot we got. Boomer is by far the best shot we have. I'm trying to think who else plays. Lepresti's good, but not that good. It would be fun um, to watch Boomer lose to an 11 year old's child in golf. Yeah, I mean, I think he might. I mean, I think even a scratch golfer would lose to this kid. If he if he's shooting three under for nine, that equates to him, to the kid putting up a 66. A scratch golfer is going to be in the low 70s. Tough, man. I don't think there's anybody else here that could compete. Now, I don't know about Chris Moore. I don't know about him. Chris Moore? Yeah, I don't know if he plays he's or not. not. beating an 11 well, I'm just trying to kid. think of other people. I know Jody McDonald plays golf, but there ain't no way that he's beating Tiger Woods' kid. Like Francesca plays golf. Yeah, I've seen Mike play. He's a fine amateur golfer like we all are. He's not competing with Tiger Woods' kid. Boomer's the only, I would say he's the only shot we have. To beat an 11-year-old. No, to beat Charlie Woods. Charlie Woods. Not an 11-year-old. I'm Charlie Woods. Depends on who the kid is. All right. Some people took this as a shot at Bill Belichick. I did not. Let me see where you fall on this one, Jerry. Tom Brady said, quote, It's my 30th year of playing football including high school, and it's the first time I've ever had an offensive head coach. Why is that a shot at Bill Belichick? I don't know. That's what pe- That was the headline. But he's not an offensive coach. Right. He's a defensive guy who came from the, the Giants See, why defense, do we have right? to make stuff up? 
fake news said. Like, really? Like, why is that even a story? That was a headline. And then I, when I read into it, when I actually read the article this time, and I saw the quote, I go, that's not a shot. I don't feel like that's a shot not at a shot. That's why the media sucks. It's not a shot at anybody. It's a true statement. It's the first time he's had a head coach that's an offensive-minded head coach. Cool. Great. Why is that Good a shot you. at... They won how many Super Bowls? They were in how many? They won six, were in many nine, whatever them. it was. I mean, come on. Stop. That's like, that's, you know what that is? I would have expected that, say, a month and a half ago before sports began. That's like desperate for a headline. Right. That's silly. You're desperate. Talk about Donovan Mitchell scoring 57 points last night. Tell me if this is also desperate then. Um, Bruce Arians, who is the head coach down there in Tampa, said that Rob Gronkowski is struggling with the Tampa Heat. No, I could see that. He's, saying he's in New England shape right now. He's also not in NFL shape. He didn't play last year. Oh, right. That part. Oh, and the Chiefs say 16,000 fans for the home opener. Oh, really? Yes. I did see that somewhere. But now, do, I, I pulled an Al Dukes. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I pulled an Al Dukes on that one. I didn't right. read the whole article. Saw a headline. I saw the headline in the first paragraph, and I was, and then I had to come in here. Right. But I saw sixteen thousand fans for Kansas City's opener. That to me is cool. That's about probably let's see, sixteen thirty-two forty-eight. That's probably about twenty percent capacity, fifteen percent, something like now, that. How will they spread that out? I wonder. Like, will there be people in the upper deck? Here, I would say that. Yeah, I would think so. I would think the tickets you purchase, and I would think you'd probably cap them out at four or six. They probably put those seats together, and then they've got to put three or four seats empty next to you. It's got to be very difficult to, if you're a ticket person, it's got to be very difficult to figure it out. But watching like the Korean baseball, that's what it looks like. It looks like you've got a group of two, three, or four people, then two or three or four seats are empty, and then another group of people, you got the row behind you empty. It's almost like a grid. Not easy to do, but it's doable. Yeah, I would. That, that's my kind of uh, going to a game. Space it out so I don't have to be near people. Quick break. On the other side, we'll find out when the next game that Al will go to is. Mm, and never. also, G will join us at 6. But right now, a Radio.com Sports Minute. Her name is Amy Lawrence, and I believe it's about the start of the NBA playoffs. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time here. The Mets won. The Yankees won. Islanders back in action. Uh, Nets lost. What else you got, Al? Jerry, they finally arrested two guys in the killing of Run DMC's Jam Master Jet. How long is this from? This is from 2002, 18 years ago. They're not coming for you, are they, now that you've they are your samples? Not, no, my DNA was nowhere near there. I love Run DMC. And in fact, there's a Netflix documentary called Who Killed the Jam Master Jay, which I watched, uh, came out in 2018. Wow. Which is still how out did, there. How did they find the guy? Or guys? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. All right, then. Should have read the rest <laughs> further, of that. Further that story. <laughs> Should have... Uh, just know, just know, Jerry, that two men have been arrested, and I'm sure they're guilty, so throw them in jail. Of course you think they're guilty. They were arrested. They were arrested after 18 years, so it's not like they didn't do the do the the work, you know what I'm saying? I guess so. And funny. a buzz, no buzz, Jerry, ESPN announcing the, officially announcing their Monday Night Football team of Steve Levy, Brian Greasy, and Lewis Riddick. Yeah, okay, I'm going to be very fair about this. Yeah. Here's what I think. No buzz, mm-hmm. but solid. I think it's just going to be a Ooh, like good that. broadcast. And you know WFAN. what? WFAN. Okay. 
Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f- yourself? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were you came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.